to our next past conversation. Great today to be joined by Bethany Moore. Bethany is a battlefield tour guide and historical blogger. She has both an undergrad and a master's in history, which focused upon the history of Britain during the First World War. But rather than me talk too much, I'm going to just pass over to Bethany, who can say hello and tell you a wee bit about herself. Hi everyone, it's really good to be here and thank you Paul for having me. Um, as Paul said, my name's Bethany. I'm a battlefield tour guide for about three and a half years now. Um, always been interested in history, got my undergraduate and my postgraduate um, master's um, and undergrad done at Wolverhampton University um, with my master's dissertation focusing on military policing in the First World War. So I'm really excited to be here today. One of the, the, the consistent questions that we've asked certainly most people that we've spoken to is about their, their memories of studying history at a young age and, and at school. So I wonder, Bethany, what was history like at school for you? Yeah. As I'm sure many people have said when you've asked this question, history was my favourite subject at school, even from a very, very young age. I have very, very vivid memories um, from being at primary school and studying history. Um, one of them is very random. We were doing the Aztecs and we were creating this big display that was going to go up on one of the walls. And if you'd, you know, completed your work or if you'd done something good, you got to go and help build the display, you know, paint the pictures and this, that and the other. And I was so keen to do this. I think I did it about three or four times when most people only got one chance because I was just like, I'm going to do this. I need to do this. Um, also, when I was at primary school, when I was in year five and year six, it was the 60th anniversaries of D-Day and then VE Day. Um, so we did the celebrations, you know, dress up in your own clothes. And we did things like we had sing-alongs from songs from the time. We had our lunches, we were doing like ration food. We um, had equipment brought in, so gas masks and things for us to, to play with and have a, have a look at. I'll distinctly remember with the a memory with the gas mask um the episode of doctor who that's set in the second world war the christopher eccleston episode where it's the mask with the child going mommy had just come out and i decided to put the mask on and i stood behind a door and some of the lads in my class came in and i did this and no joke one of them wet himself because i scared him so much <laughs> But it's all come from history. And then, as you say, secondary school, loved it. Secondary school, GCSE, I'm, I can probably say my teachers at secondary school, and I will send this to them so they can embrace the, uh, the, the, uh, the praise that I'm giving them. They definitely inspired me to be where I am today. Um, we did, you know, Battle of Hastings and the two, all of the typical stuff that you do in, year, year, in Key Stage 3. Um, but then when we started GCSE, I just, I, I loved it. You know, we did um, Treaty of Versailles, League of Nations, Germany, Weimar Germany, um, America as well in the 1920s and 30s. Um, and we, it was just great fun. I did battlefield tours whilst I was there and I was the student, I was always a student at school and on these battlefield trips who follows the teacher or the guide around like a little lost puppy and puts the hand up all the time, like me, me. And I'm sure as you know, Paul, as other guides and teachers would know, there's always one on a trip who's following you around. Um, and that, that was me. And being at A-level as well, 
Downton Abbey had just come out when I started my A-levels and that was the first lesson on a Monday morning and the teacher always took a 10 minute break at the beginning so that we could discuss what had happened in last night's episode of Downton Abbey. So history has always been really, really important to me at school. It's probably hand on heart. The only thing that I ever really knew was going to be the subject I wanted to do right the way through my education. Now, Bethany, in your day-to-day -day job, you are a battlefield tour guide, and I'm just curious to know, what does that involve? What do you do? Well, this question is quite, it's quite an in-depth question, and I've thought, thought a lot about it. Um, as, as a battlefield tour guide, the main element of what you do is to tell the story. Um, now, there are many different ways to tell that story. All guides have different ways of doing it. As long as you get the message across and it's a consistent message and you're telling the information correctly, it, it can involve anything really. Now, I have a slightly different perspective to some of my colleagues. I work for Anglia Tours and I've worked there, as I said, for three and a half years now as a guide. And I am very different to most of my colleagues. Most of my colleagues are men of a certain age. Um, I am the youngest guide by a, a distance and I'm one of a handful of female guides. We do have a few female guides, but the majority definitely are male. Um, now, it's an amazing group of people to work with. You know, they are my family. Um, some of them have the title, well, they all do really, have the title of my Anglia dads. Um, and they, they've always taken such good care of me and, you know, information sharing of, of all kinds um, you know, nothing is ever too much to, to ask of people, which is a really great environment to be in as well. It's really supportive. And that's helped me develop as a guide over the last three and a half years. So I can't thank them enough, really, for all the help they've given me. Um, as a guide, you tell the story. We go to certain places that are well known. At the moment, I focus on First World War and do surgery and treatment tours as well. Um, so we have certain things that we usually do. So you've got, you go to Ypres and you go to the Menin Gate and you go to Tynecourt, go to Langemark and you tell the stories. Because I always like to think, you know, yes, these are places I know very well and have been many, many times. But for many of these students, this is the first time they'll ever see anything like this in their lifetime. So to show them something of such magnitude, particularly if you go to a place like Langemark and say, well, look how many soldiers are buried here then take them to Tynecourt where you've been at Listenhook and say, well, compare that to what we've already seen. And to see the, the cogs turning in their head, like, what's going, like, why is this like this? And to encourage the debate, think about why is it done this way? And to also remind them not to think of it through our 21st century eyes, you know, think about this as 100 years ago when you were in this position, maybe you could have an understanding of why things have happened the way they have. Of course, we don't just tell the history. You know, we might use pictures, poetry. Um, we might get a student dressed up at a museum with the kit that we have in various places, which is always really exciting for the for the, for the students. Um, and we do a wide, wide range of tours. You know, a lot of the tours follow the same path, but no two tours are ever the same. You know, you have different responses from the students. You might go and do a pilgrimage at a, a cemetery, you know, take them to see the burial of a loved one or the men in gay for Titva and help research their story for them before they go. Um, 
so you no tour is the same and you can really get a wide understanding of of the, of the battlefield i mean you look after the groups as well you you know you take them to their hotel at the end of the night if you're staying overnight and you make sure they're all in their rooms and you've got everything sorted for them from a practical level as well i mean you go through some stuff as a tour guide you know it's not just right i tell the history and then i sit back no i mean i we've been through quite a few interesting situations probably the most interesting one i've had was a tour down to the somme and we were coming back of an afternoon um evening sorry and our coach broke down on the motorway um and you know the french equivalent of highways turned up and the gendarmerie turned up and oh it was it was it was very intense we didn't get back to the uk so nearly two o'clock in the morning i think it was and then there was just this problem problem but that's what we're there for we're there to help the teachers um to you know to provide support you know we know what we're doing we've got the office that can help support us and they are an absolute godsend in the office when these things happen um but yes it's anything that you can think of as a guide you're you're a teacher in a way you're a tour manager you're a direct you're a navigator sometimes coach drivers but the whole experience the long days as well you know we get picked up at like seven o'clock in the morning um and if we're on a day trip we're not back many times until 10 o'clock at night it's a long day but i would not change it for the world at all and i hope coming back to being female as well as i mentioned at the beginning i like to think that the groups that i take out i take out a lot of girls schools unsurprisingly um and I, I like to think that because military history is still quite a male orientated area of, of um of interest for a lot of people i like to think that i can do my small bit by showing you know it's possible to do whatever you want you know whether you want to be a battlefield tour guide a lawyer a ceo you know i'd like to think that i can encourage some young women to to maybe push push the boundaries um and you know don't think that they can't do something um and that's something i really hope comes across in my tours um one of the tours i took out when i was fairly new to guiding a young girl came up to me and said when i grow up i want to be a curator at a museum or a guide like you and i just thought to myself that moment was like my heart burst like with joy like yes even if i only get one it's one more so that that's my aim as a guide is to encourage young people to be interested in topics that maybe they thought were never really for them before This question now, I must admit, as a self-confessed First World War geek, it's one that I've been looking forward to asking you. And it's basically, what aspects of the First World War interest you the most? This is a really interesting question. And, and I've had to think about this for quite a while because I didn't want to just go into, oh, everything interests me, which is true in a way. Like, you know, you couldn't present something to me about the First World War and I would not be interested in it. Um, so I've had to really think about this. I mean, the first one that came to mind was my master's dissertation, um, which comes from a personal interest as well, which was about military policing during the First World War. Um, I come from a policing family. Um, I have met various members of my family who are serving members of my local police force in various roles. And I have 
admittedly worked for them myself as well in the past. Um, so it's always been in my life. And the more I started to think about doing my master's dissertation and what kind of topics I wanted to do, you know, some of the other people in my um, intake were very, you know, they knew right from the start what they were doing. I didn't really have much of an idea what to do. But the more I thought about it and the more reading I did, actually, I found how little there was on the military police. Um, so, for example, the books that I had to support me in my research are the histories of the military police. And it's even in the book, The Official History uh, by Gary Sheffield, even in that, the First World War doesn't take up a, a huge amount um, all things considered and the other book I have is even less it's nine pages about the first world war so I thought this is something that's really I could get my teeth into there's no secondary literature on it so all the work I've had to do is the primary resources so I went down to Kew um, and got into all of the uh, the war diaries which were really insightful um, and you know not just thinking about the fact that policing was done on the western front but in other theatres of war as well so I don't think on the western front yes they did do policing as well but in, a, in essence they were essentially glorifying traffic officers um, there was lots of maps in there in the war diaries you know showing routes that they'd planned out particularly the ones that I like the most it's for the Battle of Messines Ridge on the 7th of June and you can see how they've plotted the, the route for troops to come in equipment to come in um, which is really really interesting but then they did things like going to the local towns they kept a record um, every week of how many cases of I'm gonna have to get a bit un un inappropriate here um, they would take a case you take numbers of cases of how many venereal disease cases they had and they would go into the local towns be it Popperinger, Armentia, Balia and they would say to these soldiers right do you know where you got your venereal disease. And if they said, yes, I got it from Popperinger and I got it from such and such, this is where I went. They would go and find the woman responsible, responsible, maybe not the right word, and take her out of circulation. So they were doing things like that as well. And not just the policing, you know, making sure the soldiers didn't get too drunk, court marshals, you know, absent that leave, all of the policing stuff they had to do. On top of that, there were like morality police as well which I thought was quite interesting. And then you look at Germany, East Africa, and they are completely different because they're dealing with German civilians who live there in, I think it's Tanzania now. Um, so they're dealing with civilians who've got martial law in place. So a very, very different style of policing, which was just fascinating. Um, as a guide, because I do surgery and treatment tours, I've developed more of an interest in the medicine as well which is absolutely fascinating, you know, all the changes that came about during the First World War, you know, you've got blood banks and blood transfusion, you've got your plastic surgery, the Thomas splint, you know, being more widely used in the First World War, um, and all of the changes that came about, x-rays, just, it's, it's phenomenal, really, you know, you could say, you know, there is nothing good about war, but the medical developments that come out of war and warfare we're still using today so i think that's really interesting to make the connection between 100 years ago the first world war and and today um i've really really got into um 
read getting into the war diaries recently and i think that helps that you know the, the archives you can download them for free at the moment which is great i've really got into to that because i'm researching all the men from my town who died in the first world war um so i'm up to 154 men and i'm trying to go through lots of them are in the same regiments and same battalions so i've got about eight from the town who are in the first fifth of south staffordshire regiment um and they all die around various similar days um so i'm trying to build up little profiles for each of them as well one of them i found has got a, a dcm distinguished conduct medal and i found loads of really interesting stuff out about him so i'm just really absorbing all of the, the first world war history at the moment um the blogging as well that i do on my website um i've wanted to all the areas that I'm interested in will be covered at some point, but I really am enjoying doing the blogging as well because I'm trying to make it um, accessible. I know there's lots of people who read my blog because my mom tells them to, um, and who I've shared it with people I know in my personal life who don't know much about the First World War. So I'm starting from like a, an even basis, keeping everything fairly broad to bring people in to make it interesting and accessible to all and then you know I'll, I'll whip out my military policing then in a few weeks time when uh, when i've when i've reeled them in um so yes everything in the first world war but definitely those if you want anything on those um, i i'm the person you can come to for that <laughs> And just finally, before we, we have to finish the conversation, I'm just curious if you were to be speaking to a young person who was, you know, interested in going to study history at university, what kind of advice would you give to them? I think for studying history at university, I think for me, if, regardless of the fact I love it so much, I think it's one of the most important subjects you can study. Um, you know, you cannot understand the modern day without understanding how we came to be there. And I think in the particular, in the current environment as well, with all of the things that we're seeing, you know, within within my lifetime, I've seen such huge and historic events that to be able to, for people in the future, this time will be a really interesting time, I think. You know, we've had the pandemic and we've got Black Lives Matter and the, pro the protests and you know the debate around the statues this is a really interesting time to be alive i think um i think if you're going to study history want to think about it at university for university or if you know you're going to do it for me the important thing is to to read and read widely and not just um like non-fiction non-fiction is always very good but read widely fiction non-fiction um news as well of all kinds broaden your mind broaden your understanding and not just particular don't just stick to one type of media one type of newspaper article read across the section to really understand the different views because there are different views mainly politically um but it's important to understand those views so absorb that environment read widely i also think travel if you are able to do so um or you know absorbing about other cultures other parts of the world are really important as well again because you may find an area of history that you find particularly interesting that is not really mentioned in in the british sphere so you might find yourself 
really interested in I don't know Polish history or Russian history or the history of Africa or America you might find something that really excites you which is all about what our history I think is as well it's exciting you know a lot of people find history boring in some aspects which I can't cannot imagine why they would find it boring you know but find something that excites you and do it you know if you want to study it you should you should do it um and don't be put off by anything don't think I can't do that because I'm this I can't do this for whatever reason for an example I study history and war studies as an undergraduate and when I say that to people they're quite surprised and when I say that I'm a battlefield guide they're quite surprised as well because they're like oh you're you're quite young to be doing that well, you're, you're female you know it's it is a surprise for some people and you shouldn't let what other people think of you be a barrier to your success um when I studied at university the history side was quite a large course maybe about 80 to 100 people generally a fairly even gender mix male and female half and half when I did my war studies classes um which were slightly different to my history classes so the history that was like Victorian Britain I remember was one and Germany prior to the first world war was another one and my war studies classes was there was a module on the battle for Normandy um you know political thinkers like Machiavelli and Kant and things like that so quite different that was a class of maybe 35 to 40 and of those there were four girls me being one of them and you know the lads were always great fun and we were never the four of us were never hindered by the fact that we were female we were just someone else in the class which I think is is great um and that really inspired me in a way not just you know the journey that I've had throughout my life getting to where I am the love of history I had at school doing it at university be becoming a battlefield tour guide after the in the process that I did take has all led up to this point because I've been interested in history because I want, wanted to study it and I know that I've seen it in my life from a young age so if you want to do something you you do it because if it makes you happy that is the most important thing um, I, th I think we can all say that we all want to do things and work in areas that we love to be in and there are many people who do that and there are many people who don't do that as well and I think life is too short to not do what makes you happy so if you want to study history at university you want to study war studies at university if you want to study anything at all if you want something do it because it's there for you to take <laughs>